the Movie Hour, episode 92, July 15, 2010. Spoiler alert, the following hour programming may contain both movie plots and swearing. Hello, everyone, and good evening. Today is the day of the Patrick Stewart Muffin Top Movie Hour. Yay! I'm your host, Greg and I am here tonight. This fantastic... How do you know it's evening? How do I know it's evening? Yeah. It's evening right now. Well, I mean, like, but people might be listening to it during the day. Yeah, but it's like, you know how this it's works, like writing right? a novel, dude. It's, it's like writing a novel. I can dictate the time, and when they read it, it's that time and that world, you know? This isn't fiction, though. I, no, I, guess, fiction. I don't think it is, like... And I'm a chick. <laughs> hey, baby. Uh, tonight, as usual, I'm joined by James and Jeff, if you couldn't tell. I guess James might be James at... James at? Jamie? What's the... What's the is that the... I don't know. Jamie can go both James ways. At, is that the female form of the Jim? James at's probably it. I think it's Jim probably at? James at. It's a tough question. There's no George, George at for Jim, is we'll there? We'll to the boards. The, the boards. We're looking for the female version <laughs> of Jim. Give it to us. Yeah, welcome back to the show, guys. Welcome back. I've been Jeff, here ever since last week, so I don't know about this welcome back. I should be saying it to you guys. Yeah, yeah you're pretty much at the studio, rocking hard. Rocking. Just hanging out. Well, everyone had to go into hiding after the Dutch loss because Jeff went on a killing spree. So Yeah. That's why I was at the, at the studios. I know he would be here. <laughs> the last place Jeff's going to be at worst. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, uh, it was a sad, sad day. It was, it was, it was a, a boring day. game. I don't know. Are we going to talk about it? Do we want to talk about it? I just wanted to make sure that everyone knows Paul the Octopus was right once again. Ugh, I, I want to tell you all, all your kids out there that stomping someone on the chest is not a good thing, even though it only results in a yellow card. Did you uh, Did you guys happen to catch the, the after-game uh Shenanigans! I forgot to, to uh, mention that. I <laughs> stomped out of the bar and never looked back. Yeah, yeah. Whether we, I'll ever watch soccer again. We left pretty fast, but um, apparently some some guy just ran up to the FIFA trophy as they were presenting it and tried to put a hat on it, and he got tackled by some old dude. It was pretty good. It was no taser at, at uh, the ballpark from a while back, but it was it was still pretty funny. I hope the old dude was just a fan too, just protecting it. Wow, that'd be awesome. One fan runs on the field, another fan. <laughs> it's just an old guy. No! Both are going to jail. One of them's an asshole. And yeah, the guy goes, no, I was running on the field just to stop that other guy. That's what I'm going to do. That's a genius idea. <laughs> no, citizens arrest. Citizens arrest. <laughs> I'm taking matters in my hands. Yeah, the World Cup comes to an end, which does two things. One, depresses Jeff because the team lost. Two, gives Jeff nothing to do for the rest of the year, so, or the rest of the three and a half years. So I hope it comes back soon. Uh, Euro will be on in two years. Because so. Jeff, Jeff, by then I'll be ready to watch soccer again. Doubtful, but maybe it's a possibility. It's a possibility. Uh, right on to our first feature of the podcast. Hi, hunters. Hi, hoopla. Which I just learned how to spell correctly, by the way, after being corrected like thirty times. I don't know hoopla was spelled without an H, but it turns out I it thought is. it was spelled without. You mean like at the end? At the end, right? Right. I yeah, H's sent it out that way, and I thought and I thought that looked wrong, but apparently it's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what computers say, and I I trust computers. Like anything a computer says, I'm. We've had that discussion, haven't we? Yeah. Right, yeah. right. Like, if the net, if the movie the net occurs, like I was saying before, I'm in trouble because I'll believe anything on there. If it says that I have ten parking tickets, I'll pay them. I don't care. That's what that's what it says. So, 
Uh, right, first topic is first topic of the High Hunters. Hollywood Hoopla. Marvel Studios stated last week that Edward Norton would not be reprising his role as Bruce Banner in the upcoming Avengers movie. Marvel specifically said, quote, our decision is definitely not one based on monetary factors. Immediately after the statement, rumors have been flying that none other than friend of the show, probably the biggest friend of the show, Joaquin Phoenix, is on the list for rocking the big screen as the Hulk. Is there anything more perfect than that? Like, just... Joaquin Phoenix coming back as the Hulk? Oh, you, you... Don't want to take a shit on my chest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was probably the audition tape. They just wanted to see what it would look like if he was angry. <laughs> will we like him if he's angry? I don't know. Yeah. You won't like me, but I mean, and he's been I just love campaigning for this. Like ever since he took his break, he's probably just been wandering town to town, like in the TV show, to sad yeah, music. Get shirt off. <laughs> his his life has been the life of the Hulk with rapping, bad rapping. <laughs> I just sad rapping. I, I love the idea that as soon as Marvel Studios says our decision is definitely not one based on monetary factors, <laughs> I can already just say that it's based on monetary factors. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. And if it's not, no, then it's just a dig at the actors. Like, yeah, he just sucked enough that we don't want him. Right. There was actually – I'm trying to remember what I was reading the comments, if it was actually in the, the story or the comments below it, but somebody was talking about how – Joaquin Phoenix be, would be a great substitute for Ed Norton being just as talented. And I just almost threw up all over my keyboard when I read that. I was like, are you serious? Who out there that thinks that Joaquin Phoenix is talented? What's have you mind? seen an Ed Norton? Like, maybe just as good as playing as the Hulk, because I'm sure the Hulk isn't, you know, that deep of a character. He gets pissed off. I get it. Turns into the Hulk. Kills shit. You think so. it's easy to get that pissed off on screen? Yeah. <laughs> and those uh, CGI green eyes. Like, oh, he's turning into Hulk. Here it comes. Yeah, I can. I can. Here it comes. You're right. So, Joaquin Phoenix, rock on. I'm happy. I'm happy you found found some got a nice no, yeah, this nice windfall for you. Let's hope everything turns out. Keep it up. On yeah. to my favorite news of the week. Definitely my favorite. Universal Orlando had to make terrible make a terrible sacrifice this week at their new attraction, Wizarding World of Harry Potter. What a lame name, by the way. Uh, Universal has discontinued the sale of beer at their Hogshead Tavern to allow bartenders more time to dispense the world's very own non-alcoholic butter beer. Is there anything butter beer can't do? I don't think so. The butter beer is just unstoppable. No comments for the butter beer? (laughs) have no comments? No. Butter beer sounds disgusting. Apparently, just, like, apparently yeah, it's yeah, butter. It's, it's like little less than butterscotch. Like it's butterscotch, liquid butterscotch. But it's not alcohol. Yeah, is that's it carbonated? I don't think so. The other weird thing is they don't sell pop there. Period. So I doubt they sell carbonated butterscotch. So the parents that take their kids have to have the butter beer, pretty much, or water or something. Yeah. Well, it's it's they're the own drink of the Harry Potter books. So right. oh my god, I'm gonna get a butter beer. It's in the book. Apparently, they should have just made something cheaper called, oh, I'm going to get the, I don't know, the beer. Hagrid water. I can't wait and yeah. sell it for $2. Like, Hagrid water, Hagrid water. It's got sparkles in it. I don't know. They should have They should have invented. She was not thinking. Merchandise, merchandise. Come on, Rowling. You got to do it. Uh, right. Yeah, one, thing, one thing that that Rowling has done a poor, poor job of is making money off of this uh, series. I like that when you read the article, the whole thing is like, okay, well, we've just been getting way too many people coming into this section of Universal Studios. 
uh, at theme park. What could we do to curb the amount of people coming into this area? We could make our other areas better. No, no, that's a stupid idea, Johnson. Uh, what, what do you got over there, Mahon? Uh, stop serving beer. Oh, yeah, yeah, brilliant, brilliant. No serving beer in that area. They'll, they'll hate it then. It's just, it's great. It's a great. They'll hate it without it's beer. The, it's the, the parents' coping mechanism. It is. Yeah, parents are just going to lose it. <laughs> they don't want to go there. They can't drink. I know. I would be very happy to be very drunk in that situation. It's hot. Like when it's hot as hell down there, all you want is some some cold some cold buds some cold buds to uh, take care of business. Especially when you're at the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. They, there must have been a better name out there for the like call it uh, Hogwarts or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Hogwarts, they just wouldn't let him sign off on. No, you can't take Hogwarts. That's our name. I don't know. No idea. Still, they can take butterbeer. Right. (laughs) They can make butterbeer. Oh, on on, on to our next topic. As the cast for X-Men First Class flushes out, there are now reports that Kevin Bacon himself has been offered. Yeah, big time. Offered the role as the villain. It's still unclear who the villain will be in the Marvel's next X-Men outlet, but I think we can rule out Hollow Man. Hollow Man joke alert. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Hollow Man. Oh. Oh. I, I'm just curious. Right, is, is he the six-person cast in this movie? Hmm. Uh, I don't know. Not really sure. Could be. Could be. I spent first class, dude. This movie's going to be awesome. I can't no. wait. Jim, no, super not. villain. Who's he going to beat? Go. This yeah, is I was chance. trying to think about that because Magneto was easily the biggest super villain they had. I'm intrigued right, and he, it sounds like be. he's in this. I think they already cast him to be in this movie, yeah, but he's not playing too. the villain of the movie. Yeah, I'm not sure. Hitler, he's playing Hitler. Hitler, <laughs> that'd be great. <laughs> the, super, the super villain, Hitler, him and his that would be mustache. That would be pretty awesome to have. I mean, like a superhero movie with Hitler in it. I guess it's probably been done before, right? Uh, maybe not, and we should write. We should write this immediately. Superhero movies, fighting Hitler. Maybe the Jap- Japanese. We'll see. Might be able to pull off both. Maybe maybe they need like supervillains on on both on both sides too, or on like the Nazis and Japanese supervillains as well as and like super super, not just like Hitler who is right. a real life kind of like in the Watchmen where they maybe a guy that's like yeah that's like seven foot seven or something like that and like fights with a. With a club isn't impervious to uh, bullets. I don't know. Just just spitballing here. If Hollywood's listening, <laughs> I'm writing this shit down. <laughs> if anyone's recording this, don't take my idea, man. Uh, this is mine, dude. It's hot. Tall in here. guy with a club is all ours. It is hot in here. Starting to lose it. Studio is hot. Time to get some butter beer. Um, <laughs> a movie that hasn't got its due attention. Dinner for Schmucks is nearing release. I've recently been digging up clicks. Uh, I'll put some of these on the. Uh, the website, by the way, goingbed.com, um, clips and seeing every version of the theatrical trailer that I could. This movie actually looks funny. Like, I, I'm <laughs> impressed with it. And it seems like one of those just half-cocked ideas, like, oh, I don't know, what's an idea to get people together that are funny and have jokes? We'll just make them all show up at a dinner and I'll just... It's a, a remake, man. ...all-time MVP cast. Is it? Yeah, it's like a Dutch film that. or something. Really? Yeah. The Dutch lose again. A Dutch... Ah, oh, fuck you. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is a Dutch film, too. Oh, that's positive. great. That's great. I didn't know that. That's yeah. funny. See, it's that funny. It's, like, super funny. No, uh, next question. Is Zach Galifianakis the funniest guy in the world? Because he looks goddamn hilarious in this movie. He does look pretty funny in this movie. It's 
the part that was kind of intriguing to me is when I first saw the trailer, I'm just like, okay, hijinks, you know, standard, you know, right, toilet right, humor, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But then, and I don't know if, you know, our fans know the premise, but basically it's executives inviting a bunch of schmucks to dinner and just making fun of them behind their back, basically. Just inviting them as guests of honor in, you know, an ironic sense. But it looks like when they're showing some scenes of the dinner and Galifianakis and uh, Steve Carell are there, and it looks like they're hamming it up on purpose. Like, oh, we're extra silly. And they're, like, <laughs> pretending to shoot lightning bolts and stuff at each other. Like, they're making pew, pew, pew noises and stuff like that. That's, so it looks... That's the... Yeah, that was kind of the impression I got as well. Like, I don't fully understand. Like, I thought I understood the plot, but I, I don't yeah. like... so it almost seems like they're in on the, the joke. Yeah, I think that's that's the Shyamalan twist at the end, dude. That's that's what happens. They actually are in on the joke. They were supposed to be, you know, like, you know, the twist exists before Shyamalan. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the fact that we're butchering the name. <laughs> Shyamalan, ding dong. We already that's got the name. <laughs> same. Uh, another thing that actually Dinner from Schmucks comes out on the thirtieth, I believe, of July, but. Coming up this weekend, Inception is being release, released, Christopher Nolan's next film. High Jim, hopes. I'll ask you first. High hopes. Is it going to be cool? High hopes. I hope so. Yeah. I, I, I just want something a little bit different, something a little out of the ordinary. And from the previews, that's what they're telling me it is, so I believe them. <laughs> if the computer says it, Jim, yeah. if the computer says it, it's true. I've been promised good. Yes. I don't know. Like I like the people involved. Interesting Nolan's idea. Directing. Anything involving dreams is cool. I just, I'm not a huge Leo fan, but I respect him. He does all right. Right. So I'm, also, I'm hoping for I'm good also stuff. Curious. Interesting. I'm also curious that, like, the special effects you at least see in the trailer don't seem too out of control. I think if they go too crazy with it, it might might take away a little bit from. Uh, from I'll the- tell you what's going to make or break this movie for me. If there is the "it's all been a dream" twist ending, I'm going to lose my shit because. <laughs> It's just so stupid how it just seems like every single damn movie is is has to end with a twist ending, and this one it just seems so obvious that they could do that that it wouldn't even be. Yeah, there's no way. There's no way. I mean, yeah, okay. So you you don't think that's what's gonna happen? I don't think no, that's what's gonna happen. It's, it's Especially gonna since up... Leo was just in one. I was gonna say, well, right? I heard it ends up with them, you know, in a metal word, and I'm just humoring the guy, thinking that all oh, this is really happening. Right. Ellen, Pate, Ellen Page in her first, well, not her first serious role, but definitely like a pretty big major uh, serious role. What do you think? think she get a little, I think she's going to make or break this movie. Not, not any of this you know, based shit. off of what they show in the trailer, she doesn't have a big role, so I don't know how important she's really going to be in it. I don't it looks like, like she's face. the new hire and that like she's being introduced right, to. Right, but then they don't show her at all, it seems like, except for like at one scene. But And then uh, last question. He's got to be yeah, that's what, gonna, that's what I was going to ask. Jo- Joseph Gordon-Levitt, close to being your boy, Jim. Uh, is he uh, – you think he's going to pull this off? Think he's going to pull this off? This like, has got to be like his – I know he's been doing some serious stuff, but this is probably his most serious in a long time. Headlining headlining with uh, Third Rock Leonardo. The Sun, hello. Third Rock The Sun. Um, right. Yeah, I, that's another same problem with uh, Ellen Page. I just don't know how big of a role he's going to be. It seems like – the way the trailers are portraying it, it's Leo versus the world, so we'll see. Right. It's starting to get so hot in here, I'm getting a runny nose. Does that make sense to anyone? I need to go like on, onlinedoctor.com and find out. I'm going to have to figure that out. <laughs> I yeah. took my clothes off. <laughs> <laughs> 
Speaking of close off, it's time for a movie reviews. Jeff, let's uh, start with you. Uh, oh, sweet. Movie, re- movie review time for Jeff. I went and saw, or not went and saw, damn it, I keep saying that. Netflix. Uh, Greg and I, I, I Netflixed um, a movie called uh, Crazy Heart that Jeff Bridges won the uh, Golden Globe, was it? No, the oh, uh, Oscar. Oscar for it. <laughs> yeah, the Oscar for it. probably won the Golden Globe, too. Yeah. Not to piss on the Golden Globes or anything. No, that was what I was doing. I was joking about pissing on the uh, Golden Globe. Right. Right. Um, this is actually the director that did it. Um, what's his name? Scott Cooper. It's his first uh, first time directing. I don't know. You know, I feel like I, I, 15 minutes into this movie, I felt like I had already seen it. It's a story. It's a fictional story a book uh, based on a book by Thomas Cobb about a, uh, a guy, an old country singer who's kind of a little bit washed up and he um, – He's doing like this sort of like shitty tour where he's playing like bowling alleys and uh, little little clubs and stuff like that, and um, he's just sort of just scraping by, and he he's just sort of made all the wrong decisions in life, and he's an alcoholic and everything. It was kind of like um, Walk the Line, except for without the uh, charm of actually being a true story and having like the really cool. Johnny Cash songs in it, um, but he falls in love with Maggie Gyllenhaal, uh, and she in, with him, and uh, his alcoholism gets in the way, and it's uh, you know I don't know I just while there was nothing particularly wrong with this movie, I just feel felt like it's not it's it's a really well produced like Hallmark movie or something like that. It, it just didn't reach out and grab me at all. So uh, fifteen minutes in. Movie about a recovering alcoholic. Seems like you've seen that movie already. That's sort of weird. Hmm, strange. Yeah, it's hmm. sort of odd. Alcohol. Maybe you could have won an Oscar, Jeff. Well, you know. I'm making a joke about you being an alcoholic. He's got to recover first. Yeah. Based on this movie, I can tell you that alcoholism isn't funny. Yeah, that's true. Uh, alcohol right, nothing is, in this movie alcoholism is, funny. is nothing so, to talk about. Let's, I mean, the performances. Are the performances at least good? I mean, did he... Sure, Was it yeah, Oscar-worthy? Yeah, about that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Jeff, you go first. Go ahead. What do you think? I mean, I think I you deserve it. You know, How this is one of those roles that you can see, like, when he's doing it, you can see that it's like, it's an Oscar-type role. Like, okay, you know. <laughs> you can see for your consideration drop. rolling across yeah, the screen. This, under this, exactly. <laughs> this role was for that, for sure. Yeah, and um, and so for that reason, sure. Yeah, I mean, he did a good job. We all love Jeff Bridges. Oh, the uh, I would say the the big redeeming factor of this was that there seemed to be they were so flagrant that it must have been conscious. Nods the Big Lebowski. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, he, he is like the Big Lebowski. Were, I've seen him in interviews. He's that guy. Right, right. But they were like, <laughs> like there's a shot where his he's like. He spilled something on his sunglasses or something like that. He threw up he's on like, him, but yeah. No, he threw up on his sunglasses. Yeah, and he's like, he's like shaking him off just like he does at the beginning of Big Lebowski when they fall into the toilet. Like there, there, uh, there were several things. It started out like in a bowling alley or outside of a bowling alley that looked just like the bowling alley from Big Lebowski. It's just several things that seemed very um, Big Lebowski inspired. But yeah, nothing interesting about this movie at all. I would, real quick question. Colin Farrell's in this movie. How big of a role is he? Semi. Okay. Uh, he's probably on I, I only ask for a total. Because in the awards ceremony for the Oscars, they always have people, you know, that 
do the presenting kind of like linked to that person. And he was the one that mm-hmm. uh, introduced uh, Bridges. So I was just kind of interested to, I mean, it's, I don't know, it just seemed kind of weird that Colin Farrell was doing it. You'd think that somebody over the years would be more attached to Jeff Bridges. And so I don't know. I, I just thought it was odd. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't that big in it. I mean, he was pretty big, but he was, he was probably, what would you say? Uh, the third largest character. So yeah, it's about what's a interesting amount of time is it, in the movie together. Though. Is there's almost there's almost like a correlation between it two because in this movie he sort of plays a mentor to Colin Farrell, sort of. So maybe they were trying to play off that a little bit with the Oscars, but um, yeah, I, he wasn't that big of a character. But it, going back to what Jeff said about this movie pretty much being written for Oscar, your consideration kind of thing. That that is sort of what it felt like. I I think everyone can just. I don't know. Everyone relates, apparently, to washed-up people with musical talent that try to bounce back and have issues with it. And Everybody yeah. wants to come back. Yeah, everybody wants to come back, man. Everybody and loves that. What, what, the only thing that they fell short of in this movie that would have just guaranteed Oscar was just having Jeff Bridges like die at the end of the movie. and then it was Right, like, right. That's a good point. <laughs> like, that would have been guaranteed. All right, here you go. Uh, that's pretty much the only thing they didn't... That's the only tool in the box they didn't pull out. But... Um, yeah, I, I I liked it. It was um, might have felt a little too long, but I liked it. And Maggie Gyllenhaal was actually pretty good in it too. Not yeah, enough, she not was nominated st- too. Yeah, but didn't win. Correct, bastards. That's fine. That's all right. Uh, right. I'll I'll do my movie review next. I've been very very impressed with this uh, this next one. Uh, I ended up watching Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. And I know all the listeners out there that have been anime fans since, like, ten years ago are going to laugh at me. But I've been finally getting into the, the Hayao Miyazaki's movies. And I've, <laughs> I needed to do that. I, want, I wanted to What, you needed to fall in love with them or finally get around to seeing them? Yeah, I've been telling myself I'd do it for quite a while. I just haven't. Yeah, they're, I've been very impressed. It's uh, This movie was actually, wasn't his first, but... Like, this movie was the mark of Miyazaki's, like, complete transition from doing, like, manga to going to doing movies. And it's also seen, like, as the first movie of his stu- his own studio, uh, Studio Ghibli, I think is how you pronounce it. Um, but, yeah, and this movie alone is pretty fantastic. I uh, ended up seeing it, also a Netflix, Netflix thing, and I wanted to pretty much see, uh, I'm trying to remember the first film he did, it's Castle of Something, but... A lot of people uh, recommended this one to see first. And very impressed with it. The story is sort of like an environmental warning kind of story. It starts with uh, the main character being Nausicaa, this princess of like one of the regions of, I guess, a futuristic Earth where a long time ago humans ruined the Earth and now there's like this poison gas looming from this like tree jungle area that's spreading and pretty much going to uh, eliminate everyone. Um, <clears throat> so there's this impending doom princess who's sort of like attuned to the, not to like the jungles, but these insects that are running the jungle pretty much and have been killing towns one by one. And you end up hearing actually, there's actually a, a couple big voices in this as it were in the hollows moving castle, which is another Hayao Miyazaki movie brought to in. Uh, the U.S. Um, I'm trying to remember the girl's name. Well, Patrick Stewart was in it. 
Joaquin. The girl's name is not Joaquin Phoenix. Although Shia LaBeouf's in it, so that's close. That's not Joaquin, it's like Joaquin Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah, it, it pretty much is. Uh, there are a lot of big names in it, but um, the movie moves from like sort of like a very expressive, very kind like icon of the princess dealing with her kingdom kind of thing and her relation to working with her kingdom and this natural force and trying to figure out how to make everything work out for people. And there's like, there's a certain faction that just wants to wipe the forest out and a certain faction that just wants to live in harmony with it. So the, the environmental, which one did you side with? The environmental hammer is there and they're, they're slapping you in the face with it, but I don't think you slap people with hammers, but you could, I guess if you wanted to. <laughs> I feel like no matter what you do with a hammer, you're not slapping. <laughs> I want to see that. The skilled people, the skilled warriors with hammers can slap people with hammers. Um, right. I, I'm actually not sure. Like, I'm trying to pinpoint what I really liked about it. Like, Miyazaki's movies are all character driven. Like, and with a lot of animes, it's everything, all, everything's so expressive. Like, characters wear their emotions on their face. And it just seems like watching this movie, you get, you get involved, man. You get involved. And it's, it's a uh, very interesting story. Very, very well written. The, I'm trying to find the English voices for all the... Alison Lohman was the girl. All the people that actually care. Yeah, that girl. The girl that's also from uh, Matchstick Men mm-hmm. and... Uh, and Mark Hamill's in it, so it's got to be good. He, yeah, Mark Hamill, Mark Hamill plays like one of the townsfolk. Um, what hasn't Mark Hamill been? Everything. Everything. Edward James Olmos. A lot of, lot of people. Um, in terms of people that should go out and see, see it, I think everybody. I think anybody, <laughs> I think anybody from uh, eight years old to five thousand years old should check this out. No lower than eight, though. Now, how many of these have you seen so far? I've only seen two, actually. Okay. Howl's Moving Castle and this. I did see like this one better play a long time ago. Um, I think for yeah, I, I like this one better, and I think in general, I think that people would be more accepting of this movie than Howl's Moving Castle. So, if you're looking for a first one to watch, at least from the ones I've seen, watch Oscar of the Valley of the Wind. I'm looking in for fact, a third one to watch. What does that mean? I'm looking for a third. <laughs> in fact, so tell me what I'm, I should. I'm pulling out. I'm pulling out uh, what we haven't seen in a while. The the seal of approval. I'm putting the seal of approval on this. So bullshit. Yeah, it's out. Like I know I have I have final call on the seal approval and it's there. I'm calling it right now. I'm putting it on. Boom. Stamped. Can't take it off. Seal approval. Not you can't triple stamp a double stamp. You can't triple stamp a double stamp. Go see it. Better yet, Netflix it. Cha-ching. Check it out. It's worth worth a watch for sure. Um, and again, if, if you get hooked for the Hayao Miyazaki movies, there's still a lot of others to see. And uh, right, I guess that brings us to you, James. You're you're the last but not least. Uh, I ended up seeing a couple movies. Uh, one was the last Airbender movie that uh, Greg reviewed last week. Uh, I liked it. It was pretty solid. Uh, not, a, I don't think I had any major qualms with it. It was pretty much what I expected, just kind of a fun movie with cool special effects and stuff. I do agree with Greg's uh, assessment that it probably could have used like 10 or 15 minutes of some character building footage in the movie. Right. Like but, it seems like the only one you do care about in that movie is like Ang. Like he's right. the only one that you're like, okay, I sort of get a sense where this guy's coming from. Everyone else is like, all right. But yeah, and then afterwards I got a little bit of background from it from my friend who is, had seen the entire series on uh, Nickelodeon. And apparently that one movie represented one full season of the TV show. So I guess I can so kind we of have expect what, I mean, why they condensed everything and had to kind of do yada 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 your friends, yada yada, you know, and move on. How many seasons have there been, do you know? So I, we can expect like, I, I know there was say, the idea of, like, turning this into three movies, but I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, I don't seen. know for sure, but 
I want to say there was four for some reason. I don't know why I'm saying that, though, so don't listen to me. But, yeah, I thought it was just good overall escape is fun. But that's bullshit, so... Yeah, I'm just making <laughs> shit up. Four, five, I don't know. But, yeah. Um, the one movie I do want to review, though, is uh, a movie called The Education of Charlie Banks, uh, released in 2007. Um, marked the directorial debut of Limp Bizkit's Fred Durst. Kind of interesting, there. No shit. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, Jesus. it's... Um, one of two. He's, he's only done two of them. But um, the uh, the movie's about a, a boy named Charlie Banks, played by Jesse Eisenberg, in his typical Jesse Eisenberg style role, just kind of a you know unsure of himself, kind of savvy type type of uh, person. Um, he's grown up in New York in the seventies with his uh, best friend Danny, um, and you kind of get set up in the movie because they're at a high school age party in a neighborhood and they end up meeting Mick who's kind of like the neighborhood badass and by badass I don't mean like your normal bully like this guy does violent stuff to people and Danny the buddy of Charlie Banks kind of knows the guy and is kind of friends with him so they you know he introduces them to to his buddy and stuff like that so they kind of talk for a little bit and a third party oh sorry a fourth party I should say uh, kind of starts shit up with Mick, the, the badass. And they decide they're going to have a fight. They go outside, and Mick ends up brutally beating this guy and his buddy. Like, knocks him down. They're both on the ground. Not enough. He goes over, grabs a beer bottle, smacks both their heads with the beer bottle while they're down, like, stomps on their head and stuff. And, Jesus. yeah, really brutal stuff. Bad and then guy. Yeah. So you would a good answer for the Parker Posey. Yeah. So then he walks away, and, you know, our hero, Charlie is pretty, you know, visibly shaken by it. And he ends up talking to the police afterwards, basically turning him in. But then after talking to his good friend, his good friend's just viciously loyal about his kind of badass buddy Mick. He's like, oh, yeah, if we find out who's, you know, turned in the, you know, Mick, then you better not show his face around this neighborhood. So he ends up backing out of turning the guy in. Like, he won't testify against the guy. They end up having to drop the case... And then we kind of jump to three years later. And three years later, Charlie and his buddy Danny are in college. And they're enjoying life, meeting girls, you know, the whole college scene. And all of a sudden, Mick shows up, the badass. Um, he's in town, kind of kind of ambiguous why he's there. Uh, he's come to visit, you know, his buddy Danny for a few days. But a few days turns into quite a while, weeks, maybe a month or so. It's It's hard to tell. But the whole movie is basically exploring how their lives are being turned upside down by this violent yet still kind of friends with this kind of guy and how their whole whole life is messed up by this and how they cope with it and how they, he fits into their lifestyle and that sort of thing. Um, the movie's pretty decent. Um, sometimes the acting's a little stiff, uh, especially from Ava Amuri, who is Susan Sarandon's daughter. Um, no shit. Yeah. And, uh, Jesse Eisenberg, like I said, is, just normal Jesse he does a pretty good job. Um, Mick is played by Jason Ritter, who is John Ritter's son. Uh, he does a pretty good job. Is kind of a you know less intelligent, um, kind of like a cool guy, but who can snap at any moment. He kind of gives you the okay. Right now, I kind of like you, but all right, you could choke me now, and it wouldn't surprise me type of thing. Kind of reminded me of some of the old roles that Matt Dillon used to do. Did um, you say you could choke me now? Yeah, like <laughs> you don't know when this guy's gonna snap. Basically, right, right. Uh, in fact, the three guys kind of, the three main characters kind of reminded me of, I don't know if you guys have seen Crossing the Bridge, but it kind of reminded me of that dynamic between those three friends. 
Gotcha. Crossing the bridge. Yeah. Come on, knock on my door. But uh, um, Fred Durst did a pretty good <laughs> job directing. Uh, there was only one scene that I thought was really bad, and it was a scene where Mick, the badass, was basically pissed off and kind of gearing up for a fight, and they show him at a bar, and his fists are like shaking. Like, okay, we get it. You know, you're he's ready. To, he's mad. He's pissed. You know, he's gonna go fight somebody. Hulk smash. Yeah, and he's just kind of brooding at a bar, doing this by himself. And like, all right, whatever. But the, references. Yeah, yeah the, the the part that pissed me off and almost ruined the movie for me is whoever the sound engineer for this movie was sucks. Just horrible, horrible, horrible. The music. Who it wasn't? The, yeah, I, I looked. It's not him. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't remember the person's name, but it's not your boy. Um, the music was about five times louder than the dialogue. So any scene that had some kind of uh, you know soundtrack. Song in the background. Well, that's, just, that's Fred Durst style. I mean, yeah, he's just gonna overpower you. Loud music. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> except for, I mean, most of this stuff that was you know overpowering the dialogue is like slow. You know, just kind of setting a. It's like memory flashbacks and stuff like that, and it's not supposed to be overpowering. So it, it really kind of ruined the mood in a lot of spots. And <laughs> anytime there was music, it was hard to hear what the people were saying. But so uh, overall, shit. no, overall, it's not a bad film, but. I mean, what I, I guess what I really liked about it was it was just kind of a story about people that could really exist and kind of, you know, some interesting relationship clashes, basically. Do you... Is this another movie that you can just... Like, Jesse Eisenberg's character, was it another... Like, I could totally see Michael Sarah doing this exact role. Yeah, it was the, his okay. very typical role, basically. It's like, oh, I'm very unsure of myself. Damn it, Jesse! Just like, oh, I don't want to stand up to the bully. Please be nice to us. You know, just, yeah, it's just everything he did was very, you know, very much in that same vein. Unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Unfortunate. But, I guess uh, but Jesse Ritter, heard... not a bad performance. I was, I was kind of pleased with him. Okay. So. That makes me feel a little bit better. Just a little bit. Just a tiny little bit. Not, yeah, not good enough to put a seal on, but it was worth a watch. Just, yeah, not too bad, I guess. Well, taking uh, taking your badass and moving to our our final final feature of the episode, the Parker Posey play along. <laughs> I just want the come on come on knock on my door. I'm gonna have to find that put put that somewhere. Um, right, my question from last week, completely badass. Who is the king of badass? And it was awesome. It was completely awesome. Um, there were uh, there were some some questions on. What defines badass? And I want to bring up KPW's answer being Samuel L. Jackson, which is a great answer. And I do see the point of he's badass without being physically badass. But I still think that people that walk around flexing for no reason is just so trumping the badass. Let's see. How can I use badass here? So trumping. I don't know. So trumping. So... (laughs) So completely trumping the badass of being just mentally badass. You need to be more physically badass because yeah, you can't I be all talk. I, I want yeah, I want more badass. Oh, right, Samuel L. Jackson, great answer. That's yeah. that, that's what I want to bring up. And I, I want to give I, a I, shout out to uh, E. Lore who posted very shortly ago for his first post ever. So congratulations, nice. E. Lore. I didn't even I see, didn't that. see that. Like literally not too long ago, <laughs> within the hour. He, yeah, his his Steven Seagal. Nice. His, his Good first answer. His first sentence. Stop laughing yeah, and think about it. Steven Seagal's a scary <laughs> badass because he's not exactly all physically threatening, but he's got that cheese shit going on, and he will fuck you up. Yeah, is that 
Come on, that wasn't funny. I He's got a ponytail. Hilarious. I'm sorry. I f- yeah, it, it, yeah, I think the ponytail is what I fear. <laughs> Even our live listeners aren't laughing. God. <laughs> All right. right, right. Okay, fine. Jim, take your take it away. Your Parker Posey. We'll bring it up on the boards. Boom. All right. Go. I kind of dropped the ball and forgot it was my Parker Posey today, so I kind of pulled this one together last minute. Um, and mine's going to be very basic. Probably going to be better than most of what I come up very with. Very pop culture-ish. And it's simply going to be, what is your favorite visual special effect in a movie? Obviously, a single special effect. Yeah, and I tossed a couple around in the little time that I gave myself. Um, I was pretty close to picking Gollum, but uh, I'm going from, or I'm going to one of his movie mates. I'm going with the Balrog from the first movie of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. So this isn't just like camera trick, like oh, I thought it was so cool how Gandalf was bigger than all the hobbits, even though no, no, this should be like a. I'm looking for computer generation, I guess. I hope all our answers are from Lord of the Rings. Just like Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> Jar Jar Binks would be acceptable, but ludicrous. <laughs> I, just spit, I just spit water all over the place. Okay, continue. But uh, anyway, Balrog, I mean, this is a creature I'm very familiar with being a, a fantasy buff, so I had very high hopes for this creature. The thing ended up being really badass, did a really good job of being a fire creature, yet very dark creature and just overpowering. I just... I pretty much loved everything about it, so I thought it did a really good job and delivered. Episode with badass. That's right. This is the badass episode. Now, I like your answer, but I gotta say, I'm gonna try to stay away from creatures. I'm gonna try to stay away from because I know we did a creature. Yeah, you can do explosions. You can do creatures. I, first, you, you know, first question for first answer for any of these questions is you know the the rock eater from Neverending Story, but but. Stop motion stuff's really cool. I really like stop motion stuff. Like, I don't know if... Do I need to think of a specific stop motion event? I like stop motion. It's fun. Fantastic Mr. Fox. Go check it out. I'm looking for specific um, stuff myself. Right. Now, I'm going to go with... A, this know, is sort of a creature which I feel bad for. But he's also a badass. And since we're also... <laughs> since we're still on the badass theme somehow... Um, T2. The bad guy in T2. And him... That movie being completely awesome to begin with, or completely badass, however you want to look at it. You have the guy that's made of some metal that just can pretty much turn into whatever he wants as long as it's a blade. He can't turn into a time bomb, just like John Connor asked. You can't do that. That's what John Connor found out. Um, He can run around, and as through the movie, you get to see him melt. You get to see him freeze. You get to see him shatter. But I just really like the idea... um, I guess it wasn't really a very cool special effect, but for the time, it seemed completely it, badass. Yeah, for the time, it was pretty and, badass. Yeah, it seemed really... It was ahead of its time, and it was... At that point, I thought somebody could really exist out in the world turning into different shit, stabbing people to death, and taking their place. So yeah. it was really <laughs> scary, and I think it deserves to be among the answers. I actually considered that answer, because I especially like the part where they're in the hospital, and he's, like, just the floor, and then he kind of sweeps himself off the floor... And then, yeah, and that guy steps in him, and that's yeah. why he can turn into that guy. And yeah, then I later, know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. I got you. And then there's a later scene where Arnie is throwing him against the wall, back and forth, and like he's going face first, but then he's just inverting himself, so he's back against the wall, facing yeah. towards Arnie. Yeah. So they and the part cool where he like stabs, he like punches him in the chest and goes through his chest, and then he just morphs into his arms, holding on to him instead of it right. being like. A, yeah, yes, instead you know? of being his belly, sure. Yeah. yeah, it's very cool. Very cool. It is some neat stuff. So I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with that part. I'm gonna go with that. I don't know. Like again, I don't know if this is in the nature of the question. Yeah, that's my yeah. answer. 
Definitely. And Jeff has no answer. Jeff, Jeff, go. Jeff, go. I'm thinking hard on this. And, you know, as much as I, I, I will rail against the movie, if you'll let me, the uh, the first time in The Matrix they do the like the super multi-camera, bullet like, speed. zoom around the person, yeah, the bullet speed, I thought that was really cool. Um, and it's I pretty intense. It you need like cool. a thousand it, cameras to do it. It was very revolutionary for the industry, too. Right. I've got to set up all these cameras slightly at different angles. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. That was, it, it just looked so damn cool. Yeah. Another but, one of my uh, possibilities was the Matrix when she falls off the building holding the cord and slams against the window and it kind of makes that ripple effect. I always like that scene. Yeah. Have you seen. <laughs> Have you seen any of those movies on Blu-ray yet, Jim? On Blu-ray? No. I would recommend not seeing them on Blu-ray. Oh, yeah? Because you watch those now in Blu-ray, and you get to see like how pixelated the CGI stuff is oh, compared right. to... The CGI the doesn't film. transfer well. Yeah, it looks like there's a part where... Well, I'm glad I, I own the DVD version. Right, I, had, be... I didn't see the first one. I saw the second one and the third one on Blu-ray. And the second one where they show her falling and getting shot... You can almost see where somebody took like a cutout tool of her falling and putting her, <laughs> putting her behind that backdrop, and it's kind of like one of the, some of the scenes in Star Wars when you see a Tie Fighter f- going through space, and there's like a, a little circle around it. Yeah, it's it's bad. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah. Don't don't watch the Matrix on Blu-ray if you can, if you can help it. But uh, a very good question. I guess uh, phrase it one more time. We'll put it up uh, on com and the Movie Hour page yeah. on Facebook. The question simply is, what is your favorite special effect visual? Sorry. And, visual and why the Dutch lost to Spain and explain. Don't. <laughs> and don't. Don't do that. Don't go there. Come on. It's the Patrick Stewart Muffin Top Movie Hour. It can do whatever I want. It can do whatever I want. Uh, and it's hot in here. I'm sort of becoming insane little by little shortly, shortly here. Uh, yeah, James, uh, another fantastic evening. Uh, thank you for the input, both of you. Thanks for stopping by, everybody. Hope you enjoyed it. Rock and roll, man. See you soon. And thank you, live listener. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, live listeners, all listeners, podcasters out there, our fellow podcasters. We don't give them enough love. Don't I think they're podcastees, aren't they? Sure. Uh, you mean other people that are making podcasts? Yeah, or? yeah. Other people that are making po- podcasts. Why are we pod- them? How about there are podcast peers? Take care of podcast peers. Sleep well. I just don't. <laughs> the Patrick, the Patrick Stewart Muppet Top Movie Hour. It's over. It's over. No more talking, Jeff. <laughs> now I just need somebody to <laughs> Photoshop a. Muffin top on Patrick Stewart, but then we'll, <laughs> we'll be ready to go. You guys wouldn't know Majesty the big in the face. Ah, yeah. Alright. <laughs> I'm gonna step away for a second. I'll be right back. Feature reading evil words. This is honorable mention. I have to throw in Patrick Swayze. He smashed his own car window, ripped out of Mother Man's throat, and surfed a tsunami. Give me someone else that can match yeah, that. Surfing a tsunami was pretty dope. Uh, that is to his supposedly his own death. Which yeah. I don't. I don't believe at all. Yeah, it, yeah. That sequel's coming. And speaking of his own death, Patrick Swayze is going to play. <laughs> What's his name again? <laughs> Patrick Swayze is going to reprise his role as being dead, found in the water. Uh, the <laughs> wow. This cancer-ridden corpse. Like <laughs> it's a joke, anyone? Yeah, there it is. Right, he's ready to laugh.
Drive safe.